Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is, okay, that weirded me out. It's Sunday, January 10th. I'm used to, we're doing this recap late at night, and it's Monday, but it's Sunday because we just watched football for 12 hours, three straight NFL playoff games. We are going to recap them. And of course, uh, if you love the Big Six Podcast, I should point out, that you can watch the recap for Sunday night's show on Twitch or on YouTube, I think also on Periscope. We are recording this live with a chat going on. For instance, Ice Bananas just said, I just saw how the sausage got made. And let me tell you something, sausage ain't pretty. It's a big pile of nasty sausage. Um, joining me to break down the three playoff games, as they always do, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, fellas? Uh, this is different. I mean, we've done all sorts of iterations of podcasts. Uh, we used to do back in the day phone podcast breach before we even knew who you were. Literally called up to blogophone or whatever it's called. Blog talk radio. Oh my gosh. And here we are doing a live Twitch stream where people can actually see us. Why they would want to do this, I have no idea. That's assuming they haven't been banned from Twitch or other social media sites. It's pretty crazy. Um, also, if you enjoy the podcast, please, please, please. Around noon, at noon Eastern, from noon to one, myself, RJ White, and Larry Hartstein will be breaking down all three of the uh, Sunday playoff games from a DFS gambling perspective. Fire up Twitch, fire up YouTube. If the numbers are, I mean, yeah, actually, I don't, you know, if the numbers are good, I don't have to do more of these. So whatever. Uh, as, as we found out, apparently our, our boss, EK, told us that. Wait, so if the numbers are bad. We don't do this anymore. I don't think they carry the way. I encourage people not to watch. I don't think they carry the way. I think okay. we're just doing these Double for the checking. Rest of Double checking. I kind of like the idea of a live podcast, but whatever. What's the difference? I might get us out of here earlier if we're being honest about it. Uh, or um, I don't know. Two, two, two of the three people in this podcast like the says, You think if you guys were showing your faces, you'd go clean shaven? Hey, buddy, it's a pandemic. We're nine months into a pandemic. I'm not ever shaving again. I'm never leaving my house. I'm never shaving again. I'm wearing this tuka on the rest of my head, on my head for the rest of time. And I'm never shaving. And I'm I haven't bald. gotten a haircut in four months. I'm bald. This is the only way I can grow hair. Let me have that. It's all <laughs> real. No toupee like Brinson. Also, the bonus is like, if you want to get kind of fat and not worry about it, you just grow a beard and nobody can tell. Okay. Yeah? All right. Let's talk some football. We'll dive in and we'll start with the final game of the day. The Buccaneers beat the Washington football team 31 to 23. Washington plus 10 covered and the over 44 and a half hit. By the way, all three of the overs hit on Saturday during super, super wild card Saturday. I thought Tom Brady looked and- awesome. Wait, all three of the underdogs covered. If you parlayed all three overs with all three underdogs, you don't even, you're rich and you're fine in Dubai right now. 
to recap, Breach says if you picked all the winners on both things, you're rich. <laughs> what? Well, you correctly par if you parlayed six things correctly, well, you like the underdog thing had been a trend going for three years now. Uh underdogs or home teams or whatever. They, they went three and oh. Underdogs went three and oh against the I will say that Breach's point is a little more relevant considering that Taylor Heineke started for the Washington football team and John Walford started for the Rams before Jared Goff, a one thumb Jared Goff came in uh for Los Angeles and they won outright. So you know what I was calling Jared Goff by the end of that game? Right handed Tim Tebow. Seahawks couldn't beat that guy. We can talk about He's that. He's like a slightly more competent Carson Wentz. I'm gonna steal that line when we actually talk about that game. Okay. I'm gonna pretend like Wilson never said it. Oh, ho, ho! I don't know why I dunked there. That was self dunk. By the way, what does Taylor Heineke's performance say to you about what Dwayne Haskins has been doing the last two years? Not trying. Uh, He's got a lot of time at the strip club. Yeah, absolutely. Going a lot of time at the strip club. That's if I were Dwayne Haskins watching this game on Saturday night, I would have left the strip club, put down the bowl of shrimp, and gone straight to the gym to work out. Like there's, there's no, if you want to play football, and maybe he doesn't, in which case that's fine, but there's no excuse for a guy who Taylor Heineke looks like he might be 6'1". Doesn't have the best arm in the world. Making the most of that opportunity. He was, we heard in the telecast, finishing up his coursework at ODU in the fall. And the dude just shows up and starts dealing. Now look, it may be the case that the next time we see him, uh, he's not nearly as good, but I think he's earned himself. I feel like that man has earned himself $10 million over the course of the next seven or eight years. Absolutely. I, I mean, at worst, he's a backup. He's earned himself. Name backup quarterbacks. There's plenty of guys who have made millions of dollars. Chase Daniel, uh, not playing at all. That's what Taylor Heineke just earned himself. He could be a career backup. Uh, and if he wants to battle for a starting job, find a place like Washington that doesn't have yeah. an entrenched starting quarterback and, and maybe you win it. So I, I thought he played phenomenal, uh, except that he was playing against Tom Brady and Tom Brady played more phenomenal. Shout out to K Meebs 42 says Brinson looks better with the beard. That's right. I agree with that. What if you never had not had the beard? You've had the beard for like a, I don't even remember what you look like without a beard. I think I grew it in like October of last year or something like that. So I've had it for over a full year now. Uh, but yeah, I mean like, I, how many games do the, does Washington win if they start Taylor Heineke all season long? Uh, let's, okay, let's stop them. Uh, I mean, Eight? Alex Smith is fine. I think he's better than Alex Smith right now because Alex Smith is, can't Yeah, win. I was saying like if they repl- or replace Dwayne Haskins starts with Taylor Heineke. Went up Wilson, he, hard. he, he knows the offense. Dwayne Haskins, that's the whole thing. Dwayne Haskins had no interest in like trying to learn a new offense and trying to learn Scott Turner's playbook and trying to be a, a leader on the field and a leader in the club and leader in the clubhouse. And that those are the problems. That's what Ron Rivera, uh, his, his issue was with, with uh, Dwayne Haskins. I would guess, you know, we don't know what Alex Smith is going to do. Maybe he keeps playing next year. Um, I he retires because I don't want to see the man get hurt. I think he retires too. But I think that Taylor Heineke has earned himself a chance. An opportunity in Washington moving forward to at least be part of the. There's no plan B. I mean, Stephen Montez looked like he wasn't crazy about going out there. <laughs> Ron Rivera said a few weeks ago when Montez dressed, he seemed to get the sense that Montez felt the moment was too big for him, and that was during warmups. So, you know, Heineke came in after that amazing touchdown. It looked like the Indiana Penn State finish. Sorry, Debo. Um, in terms of Michael Penix diving towards the end zone. It looked like jacked up his shoulder and then, you know, like to the point where he couldn't lift his arm, went in and got some Mr. Miyagi treatment, came back out and was still dealing. But uh, to breach his point, and I know I have, I think to a lesser extent, you guys maybe, I don't know. I don't pay attention to what you guys say. But Tom Brady, I was concerned about how the offense was working for him in Tampa Bay. He was taking a ton of hits throughout the season. 
He wasn't throwing the ball well accurately, consistently down the field. And that all came together, even though no one on the, on the team, uh, Chris Godwin chose, could catch the ball. Um, by the way, my favorite play of the game was Leonard Fournette running around the corner and sliding and staying in bounds. That might be the best play of his NFL career. I was losing my mind on the stream when that happened. I could not believe that he, he managed to stay in bounds and to, and to slide. I, I would agree with you that I think Tom Brady's performance and the Buccaneers offense performance was uneven at best. And there were times and I was I in the Tom Brady played great. Don't misunderstand. I thought I was, I had issues coming into this game because of what I saw during the season. I was. No, I, th- I thought he was, I thought, I thought Tom Brady was really good, but uh, yeah, Tom Brady's performance wasn't uneven. The Buccaneers offensive performance was uneven. That was the problem. Godwin dropped some passes. It's worth noting Alex Kappa was out. So Ted Larson, the offensive tackle, the offensive car that replaced him was a turnstile. And they lost Ronald Jones pregame with a pregame injury. Yep. And so he was supposed to be the starter. For I that think was- he might have been benched. No, no, no. Ronald Jones had the quad injury. Keyshawn got benched after he fumbled. No, no, no. Did you not hear about this? Like, so Ronald Jones went and liked a bunch of tweets that were complaining about Bruce Arians play calling. Oh, that's just and, and Tom Brady force feeding the ball to Antonio Brown. And Jones was, Ronald Jones finished 22 yards short of a thousand yards. And he liked a bunch of tweets complaining that he didn't get to a thousand, that the Bucks didn't get him to a thousand yards. And then magically he had a quad injury in this game and didn't suit up. Well, Once and the again. funny thing there was that after they got Mike Evans to a thousand yards and this was week 17, fourth quarter, you know, they beat the Falcons 44 to 27. All of a sudden, you know, they had two more possessions and it was like Tom Brady had to pick between getting Antonio Brown to 45 catches to hit a $250,000 bonus or trying to get Ronald Jones 22 more yards. And, uh, only one of those guys was a roommate of Tom Brady's. So I'll let you guess who he picked. Oh my God. These Ronald Jones props didn't pay. Dude was active. Wah, wah. What the hell? And this is also garbage. I guess he didn't play a snap, so that can't, I guess that this is, Man, the, this is the glimpse behind the curtain of the, of the Brinson meltdown. So congratulations on getting to see that. <laughs> yeah, my man, man melts down over what, what is happening? This is an outrage. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the problem for, and I'll say this: if you look at the if you look at the box score. The Buccaneers could have scored a lot more points. I mean, they had 18 first downs passing. They had 500 total yards. They threw, they averaged 8.5 a pass yards per or yards per pass attempt. And they averaged seven yards per offensive play. The Washington averaged 5.4 yards per play on basically the same number of plays. And I understand it was Taylor Heineke, but. Tampa Bay dominated this game and they went one and five in the red zone and just one and two on goal to go. So if that is, if that's different, if they convert in the red zone, this is a blow of a, a total blowout. The Taylor Heineke story is probably not there. And we're sort of talking about can Tampa Bay make a run? So I guess I'm curious. Yeah. Let, let me just push back a little bit. Tampa Bay's defense is a problem. Absolutely. We say it every week. Uh, the analytics loves Tampa Bay and every week we watch them and go, okay, why are people running wide open through the middle of the field? And Taylor Heineke doesn't throw the ball like Aaron Rodgers in terms of arm strength. He's placing these balls over people's heads and zones and, and, you know, on these corner routes. Uh, that, that touchdown throw to Sims on the, in the corner of the end zone was, was amazing. Um, but that defense has to play better. And, and I know Devin White wasn't out there. And I think they had one of the corner, other cornerbacks out. I can't remember right now because it's two in the morning. Um, Devin White not being out there is a big thing. It's twelve thirty. Well, he'll he'll be back. It's two o'clock, Ram. 
But uh, my point is that that de- that are you uh, Bermuda? Are you in the Atlantic time zone? I'm actually I'm literally floating on a on a raft. I built a little <laughs> he's, on a, he's on um in the Atlantic. He's on WFT time. Washed father time. <laughs> but uh look, it ain't like he was he was <laughs> is, there, is there a tiger on there? Is this life of pie situation? Yes, it is. I'm uh, okay. The King Joffrey points out, he says, I didn't feel like Tampa dominated watching it live. He, put, he said that in the Twitch chat. Remember, you can mute Jerry Sound in the Twitch chat. Yes, Devin White is a huge factor. I felt like Tampa Bay going into halftime was going to put their foot down and pull yeah. away. In fact, and I said during halftime. Ronda Vera and Washington, they made adjustments. The defense played a lot better. They stopped Tampa, they stopped Tom Brady on a bunch of drives and Taylor Heineke made things happen. Yeah. Uh, particularly that dive into the end zone, at which point EK jumped on this, jumped on the stream because it felt like Washington had a real chance. Man. And, um, yeah, the reality is they probably didn't. I guess they no, did. No, they did. At halftime, I, I went on HQ and said, there's no way that Washington's winning this game for the reasons you just sort of laid out. They were in it. They were very much in it. They were in it, but it just never felt like they were going to win for whatever reason. Even when I thought, so you, you know, had a breach because they scored. I don't remember. I think the, the last touchdown and then Tom Brady marched them right back down the field. Right. When it was 18 to 10, they had a chance to tie it. They scored a touchdown, became 18 16. Yeah. You the two pointer there. Uh, but you know what? We talk about the Buccaneers and I know one of your guys' favorite topics is that like, uh, Sean McVay is too conservative. But I thought in the first quarter of this game with Bruce Arians, they had their their first field goal to go up three nothing. Came on a fourth and three from Washington's eleven. It's a playoff game. Is that something you consider? You're, you're you can go to the jugular in the first Bruce, quarter of a team. Bruce that Arians no longer is interested in the biscuit. He he yeah he no, yeah yeah, yeah. It. he's out on biscuits. He yeah. doesn't want to risk it. It's Did you see what Todd Haley tweeted about Bruce Arians during the game? Oh, he said he looks like he's. A member of the Ghostbusters so with that backpack on and that, that mask. <laughs> Which Ghostbuster? Egon? That's the guy that, like, he got, he replaced. That's pretty. Yeah. Maybe on the staff. Maybe they like each other. I don't know. Uh, you're anyway, staff. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I was just going to say is that if against Washington it ended up working out because you're playing Washington, who, you know, as well as Heineke played, uh, the Buccaneers were just the better team. But if you're playing the Packers next week or the Saints, or somebody that's better, uh, you know, maybe those are plays where you think about being a little more risk taking. Uh, cause it just felt like Arians was not going through the motions, but he kept things simple and didn't want to take any risks. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, but if the Saints win, the Saints and the Buccaneers will play in New Orleans. And if the, Bears win tomorrow because we have two NFC games in the books. Bears Packers. Bears win. It's Bears Packers and Buccaneers Rams. Yes. I don't know. And so this, my thought process here is that someone in the chat said that the Bucks can still go on a run, and I, I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, I think they have Tom Brady. They have a ton of weapons, but they have been bad against good defenses all year, and they took care of business against Washington. But there, as we point out, there were moments where you were worried about them. They got steamrolled by the Saints twice. I think the Rams and the Saints can give them trouble. Well, the Saints have done that. They already beat them. They, they, they are 0-3 against the Rams and Saints this year. And we'll talk about the Rams in a little bit, but, you know, they're, they're Jekyll and Hyde, the Rams are. So you don't know sure. what the offense is going to show, but you have a pretty good idea. Which team. If you're the Buccaneers, who would you rather face? Yeah, boy. The, the, the Rams. I want to face the team that has the broken thumb quarterback. Football team. No, here's the thing. 
Blake Bortles might be playing, which I hope happens. I would love that for the Rams. Uh, Bucks are eight to one to win the Super Bowl and three to one to win the NFC. Would you have any interest in that? Oh, sounds, I need better odds than that. Eight to one sounds low, doesn't it? I mean, they're through to the divisional round, so you just have to win. Yeah, eight to one's a little short. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like if they win two more games and then they play the Chiefs. You just bet the money line. Well, and that's your classic thing, Brenton, where you also look at what their odds would be in individual games. Because if they end up playing the Packers next week, they're going to be the underdog in Green Bay. Yeah. And if you parlay that or just bet. If the they money, Packers, Saints, Chiefs. Right, and if you bet the money line each time, you'd make a lot more money than. Yeah, you'd be like 15 or 20 to one, I think. Right, than betting the Super Bowl odds. So. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I would guess that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think – we'll see how Devin White looks for their defense. But, um, yeah, I mean, they you can't let Taylor Heineke do that to you. And they then expect- a couple of interceptions, I get that. But there yeah. are guys wide, running wide open in the middle of that defense. Yeah, it's I, – I don't – I don't feel, like, substantially better about Tampa Bay based on how they played. But I will say this. Hats off to Donovan Smith and uh, Tristan Wirfs. I thought they did well uh, protecting Tom Brady off the edge. Obviously, there were issues up the middle. Chase Young got hurt in the second half, but he he would, didn't do a whole bunch in the first half because of Donovan Smith. Uh, Tristan Morris, I thought, did pretty well with Montez Sweat and Ryan Kerrigan. And I mean, uh, those are those guys are all first round picks, and they're all dominating. Tristan Morris could have been an All Pro this year. He can check. Okay. Uh, apparently, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will take talk. Uh, my heartbreak. Mm. My day started mm. sad, in a sad fashion. I'll tell you why next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the Bills and Colts played a football game and the Bills won 27 to 24. The Colts covered as six and a half point dogs, as I said they would. I thought they'd win outright. I was wrong. And the over 50 and a half hit, depending on when you got it closed at 50 and a half, it was like 51. I mean, it's Vegas. Uh, really just all over these numbers all weekend long. The Bills have won a playoff game for the first time in 25 years. That snaps the third longest playoff drought. Yes, Breach? Uh, I was just hoping you wouldn't mention the longest one. That's all. Who is it? Is it like the Jaguars or the Jets or somebody? No. I don't think so. I think it's another team. Who is, it? is there anybody else, a terrible football team, that could potentially have been longer than 25 years without winning a playoff game? The Lions? you going 25-plus years without winning a playoff game? What team could it be? The Detroit Lions. Oh! Oh, we oh, missed! He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a muscle, and there is complete elation. 18 weeks to go to the day. 
or tomorrow. That's when that happened. It's the Bengals. You do love to see it. Night, night. And Brent's is back. That's the thing. Someone was talking about Brinson being uh, the worst antagonist ever. <laughs> Who said that? Everyone. No, yeah, that's me talking to people about you as as you're in your fandom, and then you are the first one to pout as soon as Philip Rivers loses a football game. I don't think I pouted. I was over it. You were better today, but you've you've had your moments in the past. I was I was that second half of this game, the Bills Colts game, was a um up and down um tenuous situation at my house. I didn't even, what? what. What do you mean? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the end of the sentence. Up and down, a tenuous situation. I had ordered a bunch of takeout from where? Uh, the, uh, uh, sushi place, Haru. I had Panda Express during that game. I was having more Panda Express. Oh, My plan was to order an, so, an obscene amount of sushi and eat it for both lunch and dinner. Yeah. That's not right. Ordering on Postmates, so I'm just like giddy, like some crab rangoons, like three different rolls, really excited about it. And I get the, this restaurant is closed for lunch right now your order's been canceled at two o'clock. And so I, at that point I'm oh. reeling. I have to wait until five until they open. So I ate like a, some, like a really light lunch, just trying to survive. And I, I didn't want to start like drinking, you know, drinking during this rivers game. Cause I was worried it would get out of control. And Cause it's one o'clock. Yeah. And it's one, you know, well, no, I mean the second half. So it's like three, you know, it's like two thirty or three. Um, and, and, and so I, you know, I'm like starving and I'm just nervous and watching the game. And I mean, it was a great, it was a, easily the best game of the day, right? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. It was, it was a fantastic playoff game. There was tons of drama. It felt like the Colts could win. There's a crazy fumble review at the end where Zach Pascal catches a ball on a fourth and 10. And then he stands up. He gets stripped. They don't overturn it because there's not a review. Al River on his. Wasn't enough. What a terrible call that was. I didn't think they were going to overturn it when they went to review. But it's clear that he got up, his knee was up, Hoyer actually waited for him to get up, which is one of the best plays of the day, punched it out, recovered it, the the Bills did, and somehow he was still down. I, I think, I, I mean, look, this isn't a good thing, I guess, but I'm pretty sure the NFL didn't want the first playoff game to end on a controversial close review. Well, here's the thing. If they go down there and, and tie the game up or, God forbid, win the game, the Colts, this is right on par with with Saints Rams in terms of idiotic calls that cost the team a game. That's all we'd be yeah. talking about. The second games would have been canceled because they'd have to get rid of inept referees and train it people on the spot. That. I mean, it was it was he was up. He fumbled. What he rolled him down. I don't think it was enough to overturn it. I don't understand why you would say that other than your love of. Football. If you've watched the well, okay, that's fair. I'm biased here. If you've watched the NFL, I mean, look, they did they review the. Pass interference in the Saints Rams. They're like, nope, nothing here. Like they don't, we know what they're doing. They want to make the refs not look like morons. Hey, no, no, no. The, re- the review came after that because that's why I think. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It all blends together. That would have been something if they reviewed it and still said no. Like, no, nothing here. I, my point is that we know what they're doing. They that's want right. to make these refs look smart. They want that's the opposite of looking smart. They don't want to make them look smart. They don't want to look. You know how people in business, like in big businesses, are oftentimes idiots. Like the NFL's PR method is always ham-fisted and, and foolish. Like, the, like the way they handle things. It's like, what are you doing? Like, if you. But here's the thing, though. If they get that call right, no one cares. Everyone's like, oh, they got it right. They in a playoff game on a close call. I, I where they're flipping on the refs. I, I, I'm not surprised they didn't overturn it. I really, I'm and really. The added insult would be that the Bills, who we just discussed, haven't won a, a playoff game in twenty something years. 
would have gotten slapped in the face. At least the Saints have won a Super Bowl relatively recently when they got screwed oh, up. Yeah. I mean, our, our text, I mean, my, my text thread of Colts fans was like, let's go rob these mofos blind. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly. Rip these Bills fans hearts out. Uh, it didn't happen though. Yeah. Ball don't lie and whatnot. Um, Philip Rivers and, and look, Frank Wright didn't have a great game. I, Philip Rivers played really well. Played great. He, he exceeded my expectations. I thought he was going to, I thought he had a really good chance to throw a pick at one of the, at one of those last drives because that's what he does and he didn't do it. No, he, he had an awesome game. Josh Allen had a great game. You know who didn't have a great game? Frank Reich. Before you get to Frank Reich, though, which okay. Brinson already just said, uh, Josh Allen had a great game until that fumble on the last drive that Daryl Williams recovered. And if he hadn't recovered it, it is the Houston game last year in the playoffs where he's throwing the ball behind his head. They were up 16 and nothing in the third quarter and lost. That's all we'd be talking about. Him fumbling the ball in a situation where you can't fumble it and letting the, the Colts go down there and score. I was losing my mind on that. Point. And that is all we would have been talking about because they blew a 16 nothing lead last year and that fumble would have caused them to blow what? A 24 to 10 lead. And by a the way, last, last year during the playoffs, teams that led at halftime were nine and one. You know who lost that game? The Bills. Yeah. So they, I mean, there was a chance because they were up. I don't have it in front of me now. They were up. They're 24 10 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 24 10 in the fourth quarter and they, there was a, I mean, they scored two touchdowns. We know that the, the Colts did. And, and anyway, Breach, go ahead with the Frank Reich not having a good day. The Frank Reich thing, it, it is really actually mind boggling that the Colts lost this game. I mean, they were the only team, the first and only team in the NFL history that put up 450 or more yards of offense, did not have a turnover and lost. This is playoff, such an NC State stat. So. Playoff teams had been 11 and 0 with, because you don't turn the ball over. And you're putting up 450 yards. They put up 472. You're going up and down the field. There's no reason for you to lose. And when you look at all their possessions, and we'll go through a bunch of them, but it really comes down to they had five separate possessions in this game where they got inside Bill's territory and they came away with zero points. Like that doesn't even seem possible. And it happened. Uh They had two punts, one where they got to the Bills 40, one where they got to the Bills 47. The 47, I get the punt. It makes sense. They were at the 42, fourth and four. They faked it, like they got under center, like they didn't go for it, and then they delay a game. So that's how they got to the 47. So they should have gone for it. So it makes so. And then the first one that started the game, they got to Buffalo's 40. They punted on fourth and 11. Uh, I don't know if I'm punting from someone's 40. Well, let me let me ask you this: What was the worst? I think the worst thing. And I don't want to pin this game on Frank Wright because I think Frank Wright is a really good football coach. He didn't have a great day at the office. You know, uh, he's a great football coach, but you can have uh, uh just days. yeah a bad day coach. You have like, bad podcasts at least four times a month. Uh, a year, a, week. a year. Um, <laughs> we have at least like five or six bad podcasts a week. Uh, the are on those though, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think his I think his mistakes are more notable because generally speaking, the entire game was like played fairly cleanly. Well, which which play bothered you the most? What were you gonna say? Well, I don't think I don't know if it's a play so much as the timeout management because I think if he'd had you know he had lost the timeout on a terrible fumble challenge and he oh. lost no timeout on a I think it was second and ten where Rivers is at the line it may have been first and ten but Rivers is at the line and it's gonna be a delay of game so they called timeout and Rivers is kind of mad look I think they they could have probably gotten the snap off and if he'd had those two timeouts late they could have used the middle of the field 
to get in the field goal, get in the range for Rodrigo Blankenship, and they would have gotten there. I feel I don't know if I don't know if he makes a kick, but they would have gotten him somewhere in the range of he doinked a thirty-seven yarder, five. What's that? He doinked a thirty-seven yarder, so I don't know if that. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, like, I, but I don't care if he. I mean, like, obviously a thirty-three yarder. Obviously, I wanted to make the kick, but the the point being is that he didn't get the opportunity, and so instead you had to have Philip Rivers throw this. You know, Hail Mary from the other side of the 50 that people make fun of, like, like it, like it was going to happen to you. That people, Debo, with possibly the best tweet of Saturday. I love it. Find out if I can fire him. Uh, uh, <laughs> that tweet. Uh, for people who didn't see the tweet, well, it, Phil Rivers Hail Mary was probably from his own. Oh, no, 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 no. Do not derail this. We're talking about Frank Reich. From, I'm going to get to Frank Reich in a second, but people might want to know what Debo's tweet. So Phil Rivers, the Hail Mary from his own, from his own 45 yard line, it got to the seven ish yard line. Oh, get out of here. And then it was batted down by, I think, uh, Micah Hyder or Jordan Poyer. Uh, Frank Reich. So the first series, um, we talked about the fourth and 11. There was a series in the first half, I think even the first quarter. Phil Rivers starts dealing. He's throwing the ball downfield. T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman both get long, um, receptions. They're down to the 15. And then two runs with, um, Jonathan Taylor that go nowhere. Then a screen pass to Jonathan Taylor that loses three yards. So they have to settle for a field goal. So I question the play calling there. Uh, the fourth down call in the second half where they throw it to Michael Pittman in the end zone. I don't hate that call. I don't hate going for it on fourth down. The third down play call was idiotic. They lost three yards on a, on a toss play to, again to Jonathan Taylor. You have Jonathan Taylor oh, uh, run up the middle, have a better plan than that. So the play calling is what I had issues with. I didn't care about the fourth down. They had a fourth in, uh, I think they went for it on, on a two point conversion as well. I was yeah, fine oh, with that. So on the, on the, on the play call at the goal line that Shamat, if you're going to run that toss sweep right before halftime, right before halftime, you are, was it, uh, what's the score? It was, they were down, they ended up being down. So they're up three, they're up 10 to seven and they're on the goal line. If you're going to run the toss sweep, you have to run it on first down or second down because then it's a toss sweep. Like you're, th- you're throwing it behind the line of scrimmage. And there is a potential, there's a potential you'll lose multiple yards. And if you lose multiple yards, then you need to be able to pass the ball and subsequent down to get closer to the goal line to score. You cannot run that on third down. On first down, there's the, the tight end pitch, then the, the wildcat, it, the play, it was very bizarre. Just get like your, your offensive line is moving these guys out of the way. That's get, the thing. It's not like it, you're playing with the Buccaneers offensive line and guys are hurt. Just run the ball, man. Run the, the Bills came for a touchdown. But then once you call the dumb play and you lose three yards, I think I think you kick the field goal on fourth and goal from the four in that situation. It's the first half. You're up ten to seven. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That, that puts you up thirteen to seven. And in your head, you have to think: if I'm up thirteen to seven, worst case scenario, the Bills get the ball first to start the second half. So if they score a touchdown, down eight. Yeah, exactly. You're down one score. And so that's what you think in your head is that's the worst possible case scenario. But if we go for it here, don't get it. They get those touchdowns. You're down 21 to 10, and all of a sudden you're dug yourself. And, and that was basically the 11-point deficit ended up being a difference because it was 27-16. And, and that's the hole you've dug yourself into, and that's not a hole that's easy to get out of. Uh, and so it was just weird, weird calls. And like, why was he aggressive there, but not on going for it on these fourth downs on those punts? I think Frank Wright went into that. And like you saw, if you're, like if you follow Zach Kiefer or Stephen Holder or any, or any Colts beat writers, they said, you guys need to know he's going for it on fourth down. Like before third down, they said that. 
the problem, and I agree, I agree with you completely. The problem was you can't have that play call on third down. No, because it, again, it's a toss sweep. Like it, you toss sweeps get blown up all the time and you lose like four or five yards. And if that happens, then you have a fourth and six. So that can't be your third down play because if it doesn't, if it fails, like, like if it's a, if you're, if you're on mesh and you just throw it, like throw it over the middle and it's incomplete, then you can come back on fourth down and run it up the middle or you have a bunch of different options. Or if you run up the middle on third down, worst case, the ref always gives you forward motion. So right. it's almost impossible. You're going to have the ball at the one yard line again and you got another shot, but be at the four yard line. That's a game changer. You know, you're 12 feet further back. I feel seen, by the way. I'm slowly creeping down in my chair as I do on every recap podcast. Just sliding down in my chair. And uh, Apple B says Brinson has had too much bourbon. How dare you? So um, we do this from time to time, but uh, the team that won was pretty good. Oh, right, right. Uh, and by the way, I think uh, just one more little uh, bow on the Colts thing. Um, there, you know, Philip Rivers was asked, is he coming back next year? He said, he's like, I don't like to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. He said, I don't do this often, but I'm going to do it now. And he, you know, he's like, it's up to, like, if I'm going to let God decide. If I'm supposed to be back with the Colts, I'll be back. If they don't want me back, I'll be on the sidelines of my ball cap coaching high school football. I personally, and I'm aware I'm extremely biased, um, I, I, I think the Colts would be crazy not to bring him back next year. Eh, not crazy. I don't know. Like, he, well, he could be teetering where he's about to fall off the cliff. He played really well this year. He was good this year. He was, he was, Good this year. He's a top 15 quarterback in a very deep quarterback league. That's fine. But at some point you got to, I mean, they have Jacob Eason. Maybe better than Ben Roethlisberger this year. Yeah. Guess what? Big Ben's still playing. He hadn't played in the first round yet. I hate that. Wilson, you want Phil Rivers? Our our buddy Joe Musso, he, he tweeted at me as soon as the call, like within walking downstairs to look at my family. It was Cheryl Robbie. Like, Hey buddy, you all right? I know daddy left you to, to cry about Philip Rivers for a while. And he's like, He's like when you're when you're when Mitchell Trubisky's season lasts longer than love. It. It's like you you love to see cool. it. What are you doing? Um, I, 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 I think Rivers never lost the wild card round until today. I think Ballard, I think Chris Ballard and Frank Wright will bring Philip Rivers back. I think Philip Rivers wants to be back, and I think it makes sense to bring him back from the unless you because you don't have a clear plan about what you want to do for the future of the quarterback position. So I think you could find yourself in limbo if you don't go with Rivers. Like to me, this is a, the floor is a, is a, a floor is eight and eight for the Colts if Rivers plays 16 games next year. Uh, At the same level he played this year. Maybe. That's fine. All right. We can talk about the soft season. Can we please talk about how awesome Josh Allen was? Well, he wasn't great the whole game. He had up and down game. Dude, he was dealing. I thought he had lasers, but I mean, look, the Colts had a chance to put him in a spot where he would make a bunch of mistakes and they didn't. He didn't. They didn't. It's fine. And then he threw lasers. He's awesome. Okay. Well, you just said he didn't I play. I mean, no, but, but Brenton, you make a good point that he wasn't awesome the whole game. Three, three of Buffalo's first four possessions, they went three and out. There was definitely some struggling early, uh, before he kind of took over. And it really felt, trust me, as a Bengals fan, uh, who has watched many a playoff loss, I'm sure that's what was going through the Bills fans head. Like, Oh my God, he's played awesome all year and he is going to choke here. And we are going I to think lose. It was just the first, the first four drives. Went less than 10 yards. Except they had the touchdown drive, but then the other three all went less than 10 yards. The first drive, he was 
clearly nervous. It looked to be. And then after that, I thought he settled in. I was fine with the way he played after that. Except well, Randy with three plays, seven yards, eight plays, 85 yards for a touchdown, three yeah. plays, seven yards, three plays, nine yards, and then the 10 play, 91 yards. The first four drives were three and out. So the that is, man, I mean, look, I've got, I, he looked awesome on the two touchdown drives. But they were playing tempo and he was sort of getting out of, like he wasn't thinking too much and they're just sort of letting him cook and he was, he, and he was getting pressured and he was using his legs a lot. And then when he was getting out on the edge, he was whipping the ball downfield. It was, so what are you talking about? Ryan, they had, man is due. They had, they had three drives of 25 total yards. Like the Colts were in control of the game and it looked like, look, he's great. He's awesome, but he didn't play great in the first half. I disagree. He had a first half drive to start at the five yard line after the Colts couldn't score that touchdown with a minute and a half to go and he drove them all the way down to score a touchdown. The and first time he got fired, starting from that drive on, which again came with one minute left in the second quarter, uh, that the whole before that he wasn't that great, but from that drive on, including the second half, he was the Josh Allen that played in the regular season that was unstoppable. And if he plays that well, the, the Bills Frank, are Frank Wright. He opened, he, Opened a window for Josh. It looked like the Colts were going to, they score that touchdown and they're up 17-7. And all of a sudden Josh Allen, who, and look, he, when he plays against zone, he doesn't see the same things he sees against man. He's not as willing to pull the trigger as quickly. And the Colts are playing a bunch of zone. They were making him hold the ball. They were rushing the passer really well. They were pressuring him, getting him out of the pocket. They weren't rushing the passer really well. They were, they were moving him off his spot. He was, he was getting antsy and he wasn't seeing guys running open. They had him in a bad spot and then they played tempo on that final drive. They got guys open, the final drive of the first half. They got guys open and they unlocked Josh Allen and he played really well. And when they had the lead, it was a lot easier for them to play aggressively. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't, I if, you don't, if you didn't see that game and how that happened, Pete Briscoe didn't see it either. So maybe I will disrespectfully disagree with both of you. You're an idiot. That's disrespectful. <laughs> After the first drive in which he, I thought he had a little nerves. I thought he played really well. And look, the teams go three and out. It happens. It's not just solely on the quarterbacking. I thought Brian Dayball wasn't exactly in his groove early yet either. I thought I that. the throws to, to Gabriel Davis were bonkers. The throws on the sidelines, uh, uh, Steph Dix had a big game. John Brown uh, dropped at least one pass. We had another, he had a, a nice catch as well. Cole Beasley, he was hurt, played out of his mind. Uh, there were a lot of guys that, that really, I think Dawson Knox actually scored a touchdown. There were a lot of guys that balled out. So John I, Brown didn't have a catch. He didn't. What was this? Do you have his line in front of you? Yeah, zero, 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 zero. Oh, he wasn't targeted? I thought he was targeted at least once. Four targets, zero catches. Four targets. Okay. So he didn't actually make the catch. No. But, um, uh, look, Stefan Diggs is a monster. Look, Allen's awesome. I'm not trying to crap on Allen. He's great. My point is this. Like last year, we were all like, Oh my God, this guy might be done the way he played in that Texans game, throwing the ball over his head and that crazy stuff. He came out this year, and yeah, we all agree that he had a fantastic season to the point where we were talking about him as a. He tried to give it away late too, though. I don't know, man. Just that one thing, and it was a fumble, and it wasn't a fumble like the one we saw last year. It was just a. It happens. So it's I, sort of, I do think there's something here where it's you know, like I talk about the Phil Mickelson, Andy Reid. You win it, and you it kind of open things up. The same thing happened with Matt Ryan. Same thing happened with Aaron Rodgers. People were questioning them because they didn't win any playoff games. Like Andy Dalton, Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton. Peyton Manning's a great example. People question Peyton Manning as to whether or not he could win the big one. Like, oh, Peyton Manning, can he win a Super Bowl? It's like, well, of course he can. He's talented enough to Ryan do Ryan Finley? That seems like a stretch. But my <laughs> point, look, my point is, this is all my, my only point with Josh Allen. I'm not worried about him in terms of the moment being too big. Because this game proved to me that January football 
he's going to play just like he had. Josh Allen's awesome. He's awesome. That's my only point. He's he's an elite. He is approaching elite quarterback status. If he's not, the, here's one thing. My concern. We talked about this. Um, you can run on this Colts team or this this Bills defense. They did not pressure Philip Rivers at all. Philip Rivers might be the slowest human being in the NFL. I'm trying to think. Oh, he's no, I, I'm, I'm talking like, I think Andy Reid would beat Phillip Rivers in a foot race. <laughs> My point is that they so didn't come would win a foot race between Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers. Rivers. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think Ben is a lumbering pilot. You call him a fat tub of goo every week on this podcast. And that's only because I see him play. I saw him play when 2004 when he could actually run. Right. Rivers is winning that foot. Rivers is not fast. But anyway, um, what was your point? Um, I'm, Oh, he, he didn't get moved off the spot at all. That's a concern for the Bills going forward. They got to be able to get up to the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, especially if you're playing, you can't like let Patrick Mahomes sit back there and pick you apart right. or Ryan Tannehill. Well, let, let me ask you this, Breach. Do at this point, because there was it for the last week, it was a lot of, Oh, maybe the Bills are going to take the Chiefs out. I don't know that I would. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I think they can. I'm there. I think they can. I don't think they will. Well, you know, what's crazy is that the Bills are in a better spot. Obviously, they didn't get a bye, so the Chiefs are in the best spot. But if you ask me about the divisional round and forget the bye, I think the Bills are in a better spot because if the Steelers beat the Browns, then that means the Chiefs are stuck playing the Ravens or the Titans. And if I had to pick my opponent out of the Steelers, Titans, and Ravens, the Steelers are the team I'm picking. Even though for a year and a half now, you come on this podcast, you go on these picks, you do these picks things, and you tout the fact that the Ravens can't beat the Chiefs. <laughs> oh! I just said if I had to pick those three opponents. I, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. Actually, I do too. Like, I, if you're, I mean, they, uh, they got their doors blown off by the Titans, but that was that weird game where they had to play on short notice. They kept moving the game around. And they've uh the other team they beat the Ra- they beat the Ravens this year? They did, right? Uh they lost I don't think they did. No they did, lost to the Chiefs and they lost to the Cardinals and they lost to the Titans. I don't think they played the Ravens. They didn't play the Ravens, okay. They only played, the Steelers were their AFC North opponent. Yeah, but you want to play that's who you want to face. Because if the if the Browns win, the Browns are going to Kansas City. So Wait, our chat our chat on Twitch has been invaded by small children. Is that normal? Oh Kish is like typing in all caps and he wrote these guys know they are live streaming LMAO. Do you guys know what LMAO means? I've never heard that one. Is that are like you trying to get us to say it? Are you trying to get us to say it so we, we get, are we allowed to cuss? No, LMAO. Yeah, that's laughing my arse off, except. By the way, Debo, I'd left that one. You don't have, you don't text, do you? I'm just kidding. Of course I know what LMAO is. You're out of the game. Oh I don't like LMA though. I don't think you knew. Debo's left, left several messages in Slack to, to avoid, to, to, oh, to avoid dealing with the chatters. Okay. Apparently they're getting weird. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. I think the Bills, I think the Bills will whop the Steelers, like blitzkrieg, molly whop the Steelers, like just blitz them into oblivion. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll see. The Steelers have to win first. I think the Bills will be, if the Bills are, I guess if the Browns win, the Browns will play the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are big Browns fans. Because the Chiefs want the Browns, and they want the winner of Ravens-Titans to play the Bills. I think we're just I think we're just careening towards Bills-Chiefs AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. We'll Probably. see. I mean, we got a whole game. We'll see. We'll see. 
I mean, you're you're writing off the Steelers. The Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. Ryan, he's writing off the Steelers because you call Big Ben a tub of goo every week. <laughs> in a loving way. It is a loving way. That's true. I'm I'm all in on the Bills right now. I'm I'm excited by the way they played. Sean McDermott with the William Mary. You get it, we, we all all in the Bills like before, like after this week, or like before like week seventeen. We put, we all said that we felt like they were the team that could knock off the Chiefs. Yeah. After they everybody did bloody things. Now they almost lost to the Colts. They should have lost to the Colts. The no. Colts have won this damn game. You know I'm still mad. Now I'm finally fired up about one thing the Bills. Did, the one thing the Bills did do in this game that they hadn't done a lot of lately was they unleashed Josh Allen on the ground. It felt like they kind of tried to rein him in during the regular season. Like, hey, we we want you to throw a little bit more. But at some point in this game, they realized, all right, we got to get Josh running or we're not going to beat the Colts defense. And he ended up with 54 yards rushing. He had a long 16-yarder. He had a rushing touchdown. He is now one of only, I think, five or six players in NFL history that has a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a passing touchdown uh, in their playoff career. It's funny you say that, Breach, because this year on Saturday was the first passing touchdown of Josh Allen's career because last year he had a receiving touchdown, no no passing touchdowns. Yeah, to your point, he had uh, just nine rushing attempts in the final uh, three weeks of the season, and then obviously had, you know, he was running the ball a lot more in this game, 11 rushing attempts, 54 yards, and a touchdown. It could have had two touchdowns, but ended up having that little, like, weird fake pop pass over the top uh-huh. to, to Dawson Knox. Tim Tebow special. All right, what's that? Really um, okay, well, uh, which game should we go to next? We only have one game left. Where the Bengals play. <laughs> oh, 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 what a big jam! Wallace took it in his hands and said, "Up, up and away!" <laughs> oh, we missed. Oh, sorry. Right, anyway. uh, I have never. You should see what happens during a normal show when Debo has to cut out all of the uh, all the dunks that I add in. It usually, edits out like fifteen or forty-five uh, dunks. Rams beat the Seahawks thirty to twenty. I I don't even know. What I mean, what a disappointing game. That is the lamest word you could use to describe that. What was, I don't know what the Seahawks are doing. Uh, uh, 11 to 27, 174 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. He's like, he was, it's like he was told to go like, Hey, we want, um, we want a lion sandwich. You know, we're like, like we want you to cook, like make lion, make bison meat. Make bi- we want a bison burger, but here's a, a plastic spoon, and you have to kill a live bison. That's how he cooked. He didn't cook at all. Oh, I see. You could cook, yeah. Maybe breach. Maybe should have breached the analogy. It seemed to me like that Seahawks team, the entirety of the team, including the coaching staff and and everyone else on the sidelines, ran like uh, 500 miles before they arrived at the stadium, and were so exhausted they couldn't put one foot in front of the other. They were out of it from the start, and. I don't know what was going on. I don't have my notes in front of me, but at one point, I think they had 14 series. I don't count the last two because that's when they started getting adventurous and going for it on fourth down, making me even angrier. But the first 12 series, uh, they had none, no drive longer than six plays, I believe. They had, that's cor- they, I think they had, that's correct. Half of those are three and outs. Um, they had like five plays of less than 19 yards. And you were telling me the bill, you're like, everybody has three and outs. I just said half of the 12 series were three and outs. That's a little different. So they, they opened up, they opened up three yards, three plays, punt, three yards, negative four plays, punt, four plays, or excuse me, three plays, you know what I'm saying, four plays, 27 yards, punt, 
five plays, 19 yards, field goal, three plays, 22 yards, interception. And then finally got a touchdown drive going uh, late in the second quarter. And, and the interception was the pick six. Oh, that's the, the pick six. That's right. The interception was the pick six. And here's the thing. It was a bad throw. Freddie Swain, the rookie wide receiver, didn't block the guy who picked it off, Darius Williams, who's had now three interceptions against the Seahawks this year. He didn't block on the tunnel screen to, to Dekalion uh, Metcalf, Dekalion Metcalf. And the other thing that drove me crazy, we talked about Frank Reich having a rough day. with the, At least he was going for it on fourth downs. I swear to God. If Pete Carroll keeps punting on fourth and one and kicking field goals in fourth and one, I'm going to take his orthopedic shoes off and throw him in the river. Dude, what are you doing? What are you, you have, you don't have John Wofford. Is that Wofford's first name, John? You don't have him. You have Russ Wilson. It's bonkers. Yeah, that 50 yard field goal they kicked in the first half, that was on a fourth and one. They tried a 52 yard field goal that was on fourth and three. And yes, Jason Myers hit those and became uh, just the third kicker ever in NFL history to hit multiple 50-yard field goals in a wild card game. Uh, but I, I think you do have to go for it there because of just what your offense hasn't been able to get anything going, like get some confidence going. This team literally played like someone set their entire playbook on fire like an hour before the game, combined with Wilson saying they ran 500 miles. And so they were tired. They didn't know what plays to run, and they were just doing whatever they wanted. I mean, they looked absolutely lost. And I know they've struggled against the Rams' defense in the past, but you're playing a team for the third time. Like, get it together. Figure something out. Russell Wilson got five way, times. Aaron Donald left the game in the second half. Didn't change anything. Not a thing at all. If you would have told a Seahawks fan, hey, look, you know John Walford, that backup quarterback? He's going to be knocked out in the first quarter. A guy with three screws who just had surgery on his thumb 12 days ago is going to be their quarterback, and Aaron Donald's going to miss most of the second half. Uh, how do you feel about your chances of winning? Like, they're going to bet a billion dollars on Seattle winning, right? So Jared Goff went 9 of 19. Three of those completions, two were 44 yards. The other was for 20 yards for a guy with nine fingers. They came into the game, the Seahawks did. Seventh against the rush. They got absolutely steamrolled by Cam Akers, who set a record for, I think it was rookie record for Rams in the playoffs of 131 yards. 28 carries, 131 yards, one touchdown. He also added two catches for 45 yards. I mean, it just up, up and down the, the, the roster, it, just embarrassing. Cam Akers had 176 yards from scrimmage, as Brinson just mentioned. That is the fourth most ever in NFL playoff history for a rookie. Who's ahead of him? Uh, do you want to guess any of them, or do you want me to just give them all to you? Joe Mixon. Um, can you give us, like, time frames, maybe? Uh, the, they're all in different decades. Um, OJ Simpson. OJ is not on the list. Can you give us, uh, let's see, rookie rushing records? Rookie. Rookie playoff from scrimmage. Yards from scrimmage. Chargers didn't go to the playoffs with Danian. Oh, I would say Alvin Kamara's one. No. Mm. I don't know. What is it? I don't want to spend uh, Number one is Timmy Smith from Washington back oh, in yeah. 1988. That was next guess. That is the record at 213. Uh, I think I could have gotten you hints. And you maybe would have gotten the next one. Ryan Grant had 207 in the oh, game. Yeah. And uh, the other one. have been for Ryan Grant. Mildly, vi- mildly fantasy viable Packers. I would have just said Packers first. Or, seventh round pick. Uh, and the other one is Billy Cannon from the Houston Oilers. Don't you even let us guess these? 
<laughs> Who the hell are you? Could have gotten Ryan Grant. By the way, so Pete Carroll after the game said, "I told these guys I have no place in my brain for this outcome." Really? If you keep running the ball and, and kicking it on fourth down, fourth and one, you, you didn't think you were gonna? I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Russell Wilson hasn't been really hasn't really been good since October. So the first eight games, Ooh, he was minus like three hundred to win the MVP. First eight games, he had twenty eight touchdowns. The last eight games before the playoff, he had eight uh, twelve. So, true. Uh, not great. But that's the four touchdown performance against the Jets. Ugh. Debo asks, uh, Pete Carroll's job security. Well, I'm not, I'm not here for this. I don't. Well, Debo said 90%, but he, I mean, he just, he just got an extension. I don't think they're going to get rid but, of him. Like, are you happy if you're a Seahawks fan with the way Brian Schottenheimer is? Well, I, so, say, I do think that if a head's going to roll, it's going to be the offensive coordinator. I don't think Pete Carroll's going anywhere. So someone we work with. And Carroll literally just signed his extension in November, like two months ago. Who, who, who are you pointing at, Wilson? I think he's pointing out at me. No, no, not breach. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is pointed out to me that so Adam Silverstein, who works with us at CBS. All right, what are you going to throw him under the bus for? That's going to be he, hilarious. He tweeted out that apparently he tweeted. I didn't see it. Somebody sent it to me. Like, is this serious? That the Seahawks have a hard decision to make because they can miss out on somebody like Matt Campbell or Eric Bieniemy if they don't fire Pete Carroll immediately. Has he and, followed NFL football at all for the past decade? That's literally that is, the first time ever Pete Carroll has lost a home game in the playoffs. Pete Carroll's been there since 2010. He's been to the playoffs, I think, eight times out of ten. Once. They, under Pete Carroll, they missed the playoffs twice. They missed the playoffs once since 2012 when he, when he and, uh, uh, John Schneider drafted Russell Wilson. They, since 2012, they've never won less than nine games. What the hell are we talking about? So you, and I love, thing, uh, Mike Campbell's was a great coach. You're going to fire Pete Carroll for the guy who's the head coach at Iowa State. The widow of Paul Allen is going to show up and fire Pete Carroll, a Super Bowl winning, probably Hall of Fame. Paul Allen's coach. sister. Is Ryan the team, Brinson? Okay. Paul, Paul Allen wasn't married. I was like, what? Well, I was like, what? <laughs> Her last name's Allen. I guess I got confused. Um, before you, before you go with the rant and following up what Breach is saying, since Pete Carroll arrived in 2010, they're six and zero in wild card games, and they were winning by an average of 10 points in those games, which is why I had there's. I said, why could it be minus three? The Seahawks are, are only uh, giving three points in this game, and uh, they, they were six and zero at home. Can you imagine? They lost the wild card game to the Cowboys a couple years ago. Imagine what? Pete Carroll for Matt Campbell. Pete Carroll's a great coach. He does not get enough credit for the job he does. I think what we need, or what the Seahawks need, is to bring in an offensive coordinator, and Pete Carroll needs to say, all right, you have unilateral decision-making. If you want to go for it on fourth, you know, like, because it's the fourth and one decisions. Those are the befuddling ones he makes where he's punting from the opponent's 40. They get inside the opponent's territory and they're punting uh, or they're punting on fourth and one when they could try a 52 yard field goal. Instead, they shouldn't be trying the long field goal if it's fourth and one, especially when your offense is struggling. He just makes these very conservative decisions, which just blows my mind because he's a good coach, like 95% of the time. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like you said that about every great coach. Uh, they're, they're like, we just talk about Frank Reich. That right. And no one's talking about replacing Frank Reich with Matt Campbell. No one's thought like, I, I've never heard of the, any conversation about Pete Carroll getting replaced. And Debo said there's a 90% chance he stays. Oh, Seahawks yeah. Twitter. 
Wait, wait, wait. Dima says there's a 90% chance he stays. He's just throwing out a topic no, idea. Doug, Doug, he's like Doug Peterson's 100%. And he's got to fire Pete Carroll. No. I, I just threw out a number out there. Is it uh, definitely above 90%? I, I think it's 98, you know. Yeah, Brent's, he's still sour over Phillip Rivers and that. And Actually, that- I'm kind of freaked out because there's something on the, underneath the stairs of my office that's scratching, like it's trapped. And I'm wondering if it's like a squirrel. Is it like that time when that crazy spider was in my, near my office? Oh no. Scratching really loudly. It's very scary. Okay. All right. Let's, let's wrap this up so you can go ahead and get murdered and I can get, I can go to the hotel and go to sleep. Wait, wait, you want, yeah. You're going to be quick toasting duties tomorrow. Oh, to, if you yeah, die. Don't, get mur- don't get murdered. I don't at wanna- noon, at noon Eastern, you watch again on this Twitch channel, this Twitch channel. Wilson. By the way, we've been live for nearly. Yeah, my poor back. Oh, and Wilson's been yucking it up with his buddies in Stanford. Um, So the Rams, if the as we pointed out, if the Bears win against the Saints, then Bears play the will play the Packers. If not, the Rams will go to Green Bay to play the Packers. What I like that because I hope that Blake Bortles plays that game. Jesus, you're a sick, sick man. Although they said Blake Bortles plays in this game. Wofford went to the hospital during the game, came back. And they have a path to nine wins. That's right. There's a path for nine wins for the, for the Bears. Uh, Wofford went to the hospital during the game after the neck injury or the head injury, whatever it was, was in the locker room recording Sean McVay laughing afterwards. So who knows? Maybe he'll be ready. I don't know if Jared Goff wants to go out. He couldn't throw the ball and they still lost, they lost a team that basically could not throw the football. If you're the Rams, do you want to play? Yes. <laughs> the Buccaneers. Yeah. Or... Oh God, yes. You you would definitely want to play the Buccaneers with that defense. I don't know. And Aaron Donald's another situation we have to watch in terms of the injury. Look like he. It looked like it was a. Um, a they uh, beat the Buccaneers earlier this year. Core muscle thing that he hurt earlier, perhaps. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but he didn't come back in. Would you rather? Wait, so if you're the Rams, you'd rather play the Bucks than the Packers. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay. Lots to talk about with the Seahawks in the offseason. Lots to talk about with the, the, the you know, Rams next week. Let's get to winners and losers from the playoffs. Who wants to start, Breach or Wilson? I'll start. I know. He's going to steal it. Go ahead, steal it. I have to steal it. I come up with the Seahawks are my loser. You went 12-4. and four. You won the division. You're playing a team that you've already beaten. You looked like you didn't practice all week. I don't know what was going on. Uh Burn Russ's kitchen down and start over next season and maybe get a new offense coordinator. And also, on the way out of the stadium, I don't know if y'all saw this, Jay Ramsey yelled, take your hats and shirts and enjoy them in Cabo. Why? What does that mean? The the hats and the T-shirts were winning the division. Oh, they said that. Apparently the Seahawks were like smoking cigars. The Rams are mad about that. That's, like, what do you, what do you uh, That's what you do when you win the My win. loser is Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he had an opportunity to start this game for a football team. And hopefully, you know, this is a wake-up call for Dwayne Haskins. There was a report that he was going to visit with – which team, Breach? Panthers. The Panthers. So maybe this is the wake-up call that he needs. Maybe he's going to take it seriously. Maybe he'll do the things he wasn't able to do previously. And, look, he may never be a first-round talent. But if Taylor Heineke can play the way he played – Dwayne Haskins can, can be at least that good with the physical skills he has. So he's a loser, didn't have a chance to play in a playoff game. In his second year in the league, and perhaps, I mean, if he plays, puts out that type of performance on Saturday night, people are excited about Dwayne Haskins. So he lost. Hopefully he can refine his football mojo. 
Uh, my loser is Frank Reich. I mean, look, he's, I, I love Frank Reich. I think he's a great coach. I think he is, uh, approaches the game in, a, in an aggressive fashion, which is the way you should approach it. I think he's very creative with his offensive play calling, but he had a bad day at the office and it was a bad time to have a, it was a, it was a bad day to have a bad day. And this is the guy that led a historical Bills comeback in that stadium and he went in there and he made some blunders at the goal line with his timeout usage and all of that and probably cost the Colts a playoff win. I mean, the Colts were the better team. They, they were the better team on Sunday, on Saturday. They, they, outplayed the Bills, and they're not advancing because – are you serious, Ryan? They were the better team. I'll let Breach be the tiebreaker, even though I know he's going to say the wrong answer. The, Col- the Colts dominated the first half and then went down down four. I mean, that's – they should have 17-7. Do you agree? Everyone agrees with that. What do you mean? If I was grading the game, I'd probably give the Colts a higher grade. Yeah. That's oh! 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 Um, <laughs> Dixie do Dunkaroo. Oh, baby. Yeah, look, the Colts, the Colts, the Colts had opportunities to win that game. Absolutely. They could have won that game and that's a huge playoff win. And then they're going to Kansas City with some mojo cooking and they feel like they can get this role going and they just, they just, they blew it. And I think part of it is Frank Reich and, you know, some of the decision making he made, I don't think it makes him a bad coach by any stretch, but yeah, I mean, we only three games. So. Trade him to Seattle. What's that? I said trade him to Seattle for Pete Carroll. That'd be a massive upgrade for the Seahawks. Uh, how about a winner breach? Uh, my winner is Bills fans. You waited 25 years and it almost looked like no one was going to be allowed in the stadium. Then the state of New York said you can go. And you know what these guys had to do? They had to buy their tickets. Then they had to pay $65 out of their own pocket to pay for a test just to get in the stadium. Uh, and, you know, you get a positive test. You're sent home. You don't get to watch. They showed up. They were loud, and they cheered on their bills. And I noticed in the comments someone mentioned, I forgot to mention Tyler Bass, uh, who was also a winner, because he hit a 54-yard field goal, which was the longest kick by a rookie in NFL playoff history. So Tyler Bass, Bills fans, literally everyone in Buffalo, my winner. My winner is uh Cam Akers. <laughs> is that what we're going to do? Yeah, good one. Got it. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, go for it. Go for it. go as random as possible. Uh, he was banged up at the end of the season. There were concerns about him playing. What are you making faces about? <laughs> like, I'm trying to go random. It's like Cam Akers had the biggest. No, but I mean, you know, I could say like the Rams defense or Sean McVay or just the Rams in general. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm happy for the way that Jared Goff was able to tough it out, but nine for 19. I, I can't, I can't get I'm down with that. But Cam Akers injured for the last part of the season. There comes some concerns about whether he'd play. Um, towards the end of the year, came in, had a huge game. Dragged Seattle up and down the field like he was Derrick Henry, and they could do nothing about it. Uh, and, and a huge reason, like if that wasn't working, that's a wrap. The Seahawks are probably winning that game five to three, uh, because Jared Goff can't, although he did throw a couple touchdown passes, uh, but in large part because the, the, the running game was working. Akers was awesome. That last touchdown was a play action that left, uh, I think tight I'm not sure he threw it to, it was wide open in the corner of the end. It's Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Yep. There you go. So anyway. And also, by the way, those 8K cameras on the close-ups are insane. You know, we have one. CBS has one too, right? Oh, that's good. But I mean, it's just a. Can only bust can we, like, out. Sign up to borrow it. Can I like sign sign out the camera? Yeah, I want to see. It is crazy. Like the you feel like it's it's so real. It feels fake. That's great. So that maybe 8K cameras are also winners. Oh, that, that was my other winner. What about what do I just do? Wilson, you're killing him. 
I think there's an AK cameras written down here as, as possible winners. Um, I'm going to say that uh, Antonio Brown is a winner. Huh? Touchdown pass. Only targeted three times for two catches. Uh, Chris Godwin, by the way, 12 targets, five catches. But I think Antonio Brown and, and Mike Evans, 10 targets, six catches. Uh, I think Antonio Brown may sort of with his reliability. I cannot believe I'm using that word with Antonio Brown and how much Tom Brady loves him. And I, th- that is the weirdest thing to me about the entire NFL season, honestly, or the entire NFL last two years is that multiple times Tom, would you let, would you let Antonio Brown sleep in your house? Like spend the night in your house? Not now, because if I had, is he paying rent? No, he's coming to live with you for like three weeks. If I had a, 40, right a child there, 40,000 square foot house. Yes. My house, no. Is, is my you know, baby still living with me? Nine-month-old baby? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. And Tom Brady's like willfully inviting this guy in his house multiple times, once including in a pandemic, multiple times with his family. Just say, yeah, come on over, A.B. Stay in the house for a few weeks. Don't worry about it. It's crazy. And I, I don't get I don't get the love he has for Antonio Brown, but I do think that the signing for Antonio Brown is paying off. And I think because Antonio Brown has been a, you know, Good soldier down the stretch for the Bucks, and because he's performing at a high level, and because clearly he still has it, Antonio Brown is going to get paid and going to end up on a team next year. And uh, until he sets his feet on fire with ice, he will probably oh get worked back into the mix. And so I think I think this stretch has been good for AB. Yeah, I think he comes back to Tampa Bay. Probably. I mean, Brady's definitely coming back next year, right? Um. Okay, that's the show. Man, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out on Twitch. I know there's a, uh, still some people in there chatting it up. What does that say? Two hours and 46 minutes. My God. Uh, Angria says, I have to ask just out of pure curiosity. Is anyone else really excited about that incredible Nickelodeon wildcard performance? It sounds like it's going to be amazing that CBS is putting on with Nickelodeon and the slime. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably check it out. If you want to watch, uh, if you want to watch the Nickelodeon broadcast, you can do that. They'll be sliming. I might I be, I be live tweeting the Nickelodeon broadcast. Are you going to do that? That seems like something you do. That seems right up my alley. I don't see why not. Um, download and download and subscribe. Rate and review. Noon Eastern tomorrow. We will be on to look at DFS and gambling with RJ White and Larry Hardstein. And then we will be back for the fourth quarter. Oh, what's that? Oh, yes. Oh, wait. Ryan, are you not going to be on with us for the fourth quarter? What a clown show. I would need the Browns and then three points as you're sweating out this the big Ben bench for Mason Rudolph. Wilson sweating it out. What about getting a Baker Mayfield tattoo? I yeah. can in from the set in fourth yeah. quarter. Ryan can it. hop on on his phone for a couple minutes, maybe. Hop on your pop on your laptop. Yeah, I can do that. All right. Um all right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Appreciate everyone who hung out for this three full hours of uh, live broadcasting. And Devo, of course, behind the scenes, making it all happen. See you guys later.